Good morning, everybody, and welcome. You are listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8, or 88, depending on where you are in Australia, the amazing country that we call home. This is The Breakfast Show. This is Positively Different Radio. And you are with Lyle and... Mon. Good morning, Lyle. How are you? I'm good. Actually, I was good. You... What, what's happened? Why are you not good anymore? No, I'm still good. <laughs> but I was good. I was good yesterday. Okay. Because this is a delayed broadcast, so you're listening to us yesterday. Uh-huh. Oh, so true. Yeah, we're tricky like that. Okay. Let's, uh, what's, what's coming up in today's um, stories? Well... I, I make a confession on mm-hmm. today's show. Oh, that's right. You have a major sin to confess. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and I will give you absolution. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> At the end of the show. Maybe. Maybe I won't. Maybe I won't. We'll we, see. we continue talking about the disgrace that is uh, um, the the dude George who's in trouble, you know, the Catholic Pearl. Church. Yeah, that's him. Mm-hmm. And uh, we also discuss... Uh, our encounter with God, which is a wonderful study, mm-hmm. and um, we know it's already wonderful and it's all happened um, because this is a delayed broadcast. But do you know what? You can actually jump over to the live show right so now. So much better. So much better on the live show. How do they do that, Mon? Well, there's two different ways. You can download the TuneIn app and then just search for Faith FM Australia. Which is what you did yesterday exactly. while you were actually the day before now. Because uh-huh. So on Monday and Tuesday, I drove from uh, from Melbourne all the way up to Newcastle. And while I did that, I just uh, I played it on the TuneIn app, played Faith FM on the TuneIn app, and then just plugged it in to my um, into my stereo in the car stereo and just listened to it in the van. And it was just perfect signal the whole way. I really enjoyed it. Right the way up the Hume Freeway. That's it, the Hume Highway. And um, Can we call that an interstate? Yeah, call it the interstate. That's a good idea. Listen to it on the interstate. And uh, you can also just go to our website if you don't want to download another app. Uh, You can go to faithfm.com.au and listen to the live stream. You just press play. It's both very simple ways to do it. But so many benefits because you can can ask the question of the day and have it answered live on air. You can win the prize and, uh, you know, answer our quiz question and get the giveaway at the end of the show as well. It's just a much better option, really. Hey, Mon. Yeah. Why are you cutting your fingernails off? Because I have to practice my ukulele playing. (laughs) (laughs) And it's really hard to play ukulele with long, long fingernails. So they've got to go. Women and multitasking, if I tried to do something like that, I'd end up cutting my fingers off instead of my fingernails. Well, we have our first ukulele performance. I've only just started playing ukulele. I'm not musical at all. We have our first performance coming up the 19th of May at Maitland at Seventh-day Adventures Church, which you are all welcome to come along to. You come along and laugh at me and I'll be trying to play Jesus Loves Me and <laughs> on my ukulele. So come along and have a good laugh at that. Fantastic. Well, stay tuned. We've got more great programming. We love you guys. We love your company in the mornings. And, of course, don't forget to join us on for the live show if you can. This is Audrey Assad. You liberate me from my own noise and my own chaos from the chains of a
to Audrey Asad with You Speak here on Faith FM. And Mon, what do we have for our quiz today? Oh, hey, you're going to do a confession on air today, aren't you? <laughs> well, look, let's do the quiz first. So we no, can let's get... do the confession No, first. it's going to take a while because you're going to be so mad at me. <laughs> and uh, and then I can uh, get that out of the way. So, okay. So Are you quiz... sure it's going to be out of the way by the time you have made your confession? <laughs> no, no, the quiz will be out of the way. <laughs> how, long, how long am I going to take to get over this confession? <laughs> I think I just need to explain why I did what I did, and I think you'll understand. I don't think, I don't think your wife, Shell's going to be too pleased. Okay, so this is a Who Am I quiz. So this is a, a Bible character. The first clue is I named my son Ben Oni. Ben Oni. Ben, on, ben Oni. I don't know how to spell that. Pronounce that. Ben dash O. I know who this is, but I don't. I can't think of their name right now. If you think you know the answer, one eight hundred Faith FM is the number to call. It's one eight hundred. I think I know who it is anyway. One eight hundred three two four eight four three, or you can text me zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. You can even jump on our Facebook if that's easier for you. It's Faith FM Australia. You can message me on there. Tell me who it is that named their son in Ben or I. This is in the Bible. And I'm changing my mind on who I thought it was. <laughs> I just adore that confused look you get when you yeah, don't know no, the answer. No, no, no. I'm working on it. This is the this is the working on it look. I'm I'm working it through. It's going to come to me in a minute. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Confess. Confess. Okay, Spill okay, your guts. Okay. Okay. So you know how I'm doing this 30 day juice fast. Yeah. You break it. You broke it big I, time. I ate food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because when I said I had something bad to tell you guys yesterday on the radio, your wife Shell, my bestie, like within seconds texted me. She's like, you ate food. I just know it. <laughs> <laughs> but let me explain, y'all. Let me explain. Okay. Let oh me explain. No. Here it okay. comes. Here okay. it comes. Yeah, whatever. Okay. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. so yeah, this yeah, is yeah, the yeah, story, yeah, right? Yeah. When I was a little girl, mm. I loved apples. Mm. I was an apple fan. You know how people chain smoke? Yeah. I would chain apple. I know a kid who's like that. Yeah. Well, it was me. And my parents, they wouldn't go to the supermarket and get me like a sack of apples. My parents would have to get up at crazy clock in the morning and go to the wholesale markets and buy a crate, a big crate of apples and stick it in our cool room and I would eat them out of the cool room. You should have grown up where I grew up. We had all our own apple trees. You just go and pick them off the tree. This is why I think you're going to resonate with this story because you're a Tasmanian. Mm. Anyway, so my love- We used to have trees with three different colored apples on the one tree. It was very cool. Are you serious? I didn't know that could happen. Green, red and yellow. Oh, anyway. You just graft the different ones on. That's so mad. Because all, all apple trees are grafted. Okay. Because you, you get an apple tree that has really good roots, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then you get an apple tree that has really good fruit and you graft the good fruit onto the good roots because those good roots produce apples that you would never, ever put in your mouth. 
That's amazing. Anyway, so um, someone gave me a book about apples as a kid because I loved them so much. So I I was just pouring over this little encyclopedia of apples, looking at all these different varieties I'd never heard of. You know, we go to the supermarket and there's like, what, four or five types of apples at Woolies and we think that's all there is, but there's so many more types of apples. Anyway, my favorite apples, sadly, are yellow apples. And yellow apples are as rare as hen's teeth. You don't find them in the supermarket in you know Australia. They have a name, right? They have different. They have different. They're called golden delicious. Those are not yellow apples. I knew you were going to say that. Those are just Gold- pale green apples. Oh, they're not they're pale not. green. You know what? I was in the states just in January, and they were sold real yellow apples. It's a, it's a, uh, a breed called gold- opal. If you've ever grown a golden delicious, it's not a yellow apple. We, they are picked when they are green. No. And they are shipped when they are green. No. And they are slightly less pale green And they're, they're still ripe. green at the supermarket when you buy them. Yeah, but anyway. when you buy them off, when you eat them off the tree while the frost is still on them, Ugh. they are yellow. They're not a yellow apple. They don't taste like a yellow apple. Anyway, so you can't get yellow apples in a supermarket here in Australia. It, they're so hard to find. Um, and I read about one particular apple in this book that just set my imagination on fire. I wanted to try one of these apples above every other type of apple. It's called a golden pippin. Oh, yes. Yeah, and these apples, like you can only get them There's in... There's a few t- different pippin apples. There are a few different pippins. Yep. You can only get them either in England, where they're originally from, or in Tasmania. That's how, the mm. only two places on the yeah, planet. Yeah, there's not too many in Tasmania. You can find one in Tasmania. You're doing really well. I know, right? They're, mm. ra- they're so rare. And the thing is... The reason they don't breed these for commercial breed them, they grow them for commercial sale, is because they spoil too quickly. Yeah. The farmers can't get them off the tree and into your supermarket aisle. No. Uh, they'll They're spoil. Not a apple. They're not a commercial apple. So I knew that the only way I was ever going to try a golden pippin was I had to know someone who had a golden pippin tree. That's right. And that was when I was a little girl, when I was like, you know, eight, nine, ten years old. I'm now thirty four. And guess right. what? You found so five a stall. Year, no, no. Five years ago, my parents moved to Tasmania from Perth. Mm-hmm. About a year later, they bought some land. About a year after that, they planted apple trees. And my mother, as a surprise, planted a golden pippin apple tree, which just... No, you this, can even still buy such I a thing. I don't know how she did it. I don't know. Because she, knew, she knows that I, I want to try golden pippin apple and just this, just recently, they've had their first harvest. And for my birthday present, uh, that, that should tell you alone how you know important this is. They sent me the very first harvest of golden peep and what? apples in the mail. Wait. Uh-huh. When was your birthday? It was on the 5th of March, so it's a bit late. But yeah, I was going to say, that was a long time ago. Can you see this, what I'm holding in my hand, Lyle? Oh, it's a long time since I've seen one of those. This is a golden pippin apple. That's they only sent indeed. me two. Uh-huh. I already ate one. <laughs> and the, like, yeah, broken your usually, broken your Usually you don't send people apples for their birthday. So this should tell you how, how important this is to me. So I was like, forget the fast, because my fast does finish in like 10 days, but it's never going like, to last another 10 days. It's, it's organically grown. The first one I ate, I actually shared it with my housemate, Emery and Caleb. It was so sweet, it gave me an instant sore throat. <laughs> okay, so have you ever tried, while we're talking about pippin apples, oh, have you good. ever tried a Cox's orange pippin? Lyle, I have a bag right here. No, that's my favorite <laughs> apple of all time. I, you have got to be joking. like so exciting. She also planted a tree of Cox orange pippins, and I knew this was your favorite apple, so I bought in a whole sack of them. 
them. So she also posted me these. And as you can see, I only left them two days and they're already getting bruised. So I can't, you understand now why I can't wait for my juice fast to finish because these will be mush by that time. No, it's just easy. I have a solution. Just pass them this direction <laughs> and problem solved. Your juice fast <laughs> no. is intact. I haven't you eaten one of those yet. Very, very much. I will be eating one of those too. Okay, this is infinitely better than the golden pippin. Uh, well, I haven't tried either. So, I mean, I've tried this one, the, go- yeah, yeah, the yeah. golden hound, but I haven't tried the Cox orange. So I do want to try one <laughs> of those. You're to try them side by side and this is the ultimate apple. Okay, butt. so I have a knife here, Lyle. So if you want to crack one out and tell us what they're like. <laughs> oh, I've eaten, I, I grew up eating Cox's orange pippins. Okay. These so were, um, but tell, the ultimate apple. You just, it, they, they last for just such a very brief period. And you know so how you short. tell whether these are ripe or not? How? You listen to them. You listen to them? Yes, you listen to an them. apple. Let me see if I can take my headset off here. And, <clears throat> okay, can you hear that? I can hear that. You hear it rattling? It's a little rattling noise, yeah. yeah that's right. I've never heard an apple rattle. That's the only one that you can do it to. And uh, <coughs> you uh, rattle, you a Cox's orange pippin, you shake the apple, and if it rattles, then it's ripe. Oh, Pierce, you know it's organic because a little green worm just fell out of that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, at, least a, at least there's an organic worm that you've got right there. Okay, so dear listeners... Do you think that my juice fast cheating has been justified? Do you think, you know, it's okay. It's a very special occasion. And if you think about it, really, I've been juicing apples and this is really not that much different to eat the apple. No, no, you haven't apple. broken your juice fast. Yeah, okay. You juiced it in your mouth. Yeah. You still juiced it. still juice. You <laughs> juiced a, it in your mouth. What's yes. the difference between that and producing it in your juicer? Is that, oh, that's all you've got in the box. I thought there might be more. Everything in, box. in that box was for you today, Lyle. I bought all kinds of goodies in, hidden in a box for you. Apples and gifts from overseas and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, give me a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. Did you think that I... Uh, I, I cheated, I should be, I don't know, hung, drawn and quartered. Or, or, or what, am I justified? Is it okay? I think you were juicing. You were just... See, well, well, okay, so you run, you run your fruit through a juicer mm-hmm. and it squishes it and the juice mm-hmm. comes out, right? Yeah, yeah. And well, all you've done is run the juice through the, the, the fruit through the juicer and you've uh-huh. squished it and the juice comes out. So I've squished it with my teeth. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so it must be just a little bit fresher. And do you know what? I, someone might say, well, why didn't you just juice the Cox, the Cox apples? And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's blasphemy. That, don't even I, think about it. That would be an insult to my mother who grew these with her hands. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the apples, but I'm just going to juice them. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. That would be a crime against humanity right there. Okay, so for all of our Tasmanian listeners, you will know what we're talking about because you have no doubt eaten a Cox's Orange Pippin. Oh, hey, and if you're in the area and you want to try one, just swing by our studio. We're at 112 Lake Road, Walls End. We've got one, two, seven Orange Cox Pippins and one Golden Pippin, and we'll, we'll slice them up and share them with you. Tell us what you think about There's the There's one flavor. there that's looking a little Yeah, one of them's dodgy. looking a little bit bashed up. But you know what? I'm going to chop the bruise off and eat the rest of it anyway. <laughs> All right, you got the knife, Lyle? Let's eat them. Okay, Eric and Monique with their song Everlasting. We'll be back after this with some more news for you. Stay tuned. Thank you. 
You're listening to Eric and Monique Everlasting here on Faith FM. This morning we have a quiz for you and the second clue for our quiz is... I said, give me children or I'll die. Who am I? Which Bible character said, give me children or now I'll die? Now I know die. exactly who it is. That confirms it for me. Yes, got that one right there. 1-800-FAITH-FM. If you, get, if you think you know the answer, 1-800-324-843. Today's prize is a music album, The Soyan Eastern Journey of the Spirit. Okay, so in today's news, we have uh, George Pell again, and he seems to hardly be able to mm-hmm. keep himself out of the news. Um, and the interesting thing about today's news story is that he just received the moral backing of the Vatican for his uh, um, child sex abuse um, court case. What do, you, what do you mean moral backing? Like they support what he did? No, they're not supporting what he did. They're supporting him as an individual. And so, of course, um, he is the third highest um, ranking um, Roman Catholic in the world. Uh-huh. So the third most powerful Roman Catholic in the world. And, of course, Pope Francis has stepped in and stated that he will keep his job. Oh, my goodness. Um, Now, of course, it'll be interesting to see where this case goes. In the past, historically, uh, the moral backing of the Vatican uh, was a guarantee of an innocent uh, verdict. It'll be interesting to see whether in today's climate that still holds. I really, really hope not because that's absolutely disgraceful. Well, we we can't comment on whether the guy is guilty or not because it has not yet gone to court. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, but if he is guilty, it uh, you know historically you you can you can look at um, case after case after case where you know when 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 the Vatican has stepped in, it, it's a guarantee of a, uh, of a of an innocent verdict, um, which it's, is a little bit of a worry, mm-hmm. um, particularly when you've got Francis himself embroiled in any amount of childish sex abuse scandals back in Argentina. Oh really? Oh yeah, absolutely. But you know, Teflon Francis, nothing ever seems to stick. Mm. Now, of course, this is something that um, you know all no churches are immune from it, including our church. So we shouldn't be you know singling out the Vatican, but it does raise question marks in my mind as to you know why why is this why is this taking case when you have a high, is this the wisest thing to do when you have a very high profile uh, individual with a large number of allegations. Uh, that is going to court, um, and you step in as the leader of you know the largest Christian denomination on the earth, and and give him that kind of moral backing. That that to me is a sign that you know maybe the Vatican has yet to catch up with where the rest of the world is at mm. in relationship to mm-hmm. these things. Yeah, look, I have a I have a deep sense of fairness, um, and I just get outraged that people think because they're so powerful and the positions they hold in society makes them invincible against the law, that they're above the law somehow, that they can they can abuse children and think they can just get away with it because of their position. Yeah. It absolutely disgusts me. Anyway, <laughs> and um, a, we don't know whether he did or not. That mm-hmm. is before the courts and the courts will make that decision. And that it's a bit of a it's a bit of a contrast to what's happening, I suppose, in Hollywood at the moment with like Harvey Weinstein. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been outed so many times and also with, you know, uh, Bill Crosby for both their um, sexual abuses and yeah, well, it looks like Bill's gonna go to jail unless his appeal yeah, comes through. Yeah, and the whole communities have just turned on them, um, as they should. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yet you have the contrast here of the church you know, where we have a very similar thing happening and uh, and instead they're like, oh, yeah, we'll support you. 
Mm. Yeah, it's a little bit. It, it, it's very definitely concerning. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's another story. And this one was uh, um, this was actually yesterday's story. I was going to share this yesterday, but uh, you called up instead. Oh, so, so my bad. I'm here no, now. No, it was good. It was good. It was, <laughs> it was awesome. Um, so this is a, a a lady in Sydney mm-hmm. who has lost a lawsuit against uh, the New South Wales Police Force in relationship to a raid. She's a Muslim woman, and her home was raided in relationship to anti-terrorism. Okay. Um, Raid and of course you know nothing was found and so she filed a lawsuit. Uh, she lost that lawsuit um, and she was charged two hundred fifty thousand dollars in court costs. Whoa. It was found that what the police had done was entirely legal. Um, and so she's appealing that decision uh, based on the fact that she she was unable to give evidence in the courtroom. Okay. And the reason that she was unable to give evidence in the courtroom was because. The judge said that she could not give evidence while having her face covered, as in completely covered. Mm-hmm. So you've got various levels of of covering that uh, Islamic women have. You know, some just wear the headscarf. Um, some, you know, just allow the, the the face to show. Some have the little slit, and then some have the full face covering. Mm-hmm. And so she's a very conservative Muslim, full face covering. And because uh, the judge would not allow her to testify with the full face covering, because obviously, you know, ninety percent of communication is nonverbal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and the judge felt that that was, um, you know, necessary to understanding the case was to be able to, you know, to get all of the, mm-hmm. you know, the the, the communication. Um, and you would think that if you were an innocent person testifying that you would want all of your nonverbal communication mm-hmm. cues to be out there. But for religious reasons, she decided that um, she would not um, uncover her face and therefore her lawyer had to testify on her behalf. And so now she's appealing the decision because um, she was not allowed to have her face uncovered and she wants to, to uh, for, the, for the trial to, to be appealed and for her to be able to give evidence with a face covering. Okay, so she thinks that she might have won the case if she'd been able to give Testify. her evidence. Yeah, because herself. she was obviously the one in the home when it happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's the, that's what the argument is based on. So I have a couple of questions that come out of this. First of all, face coverings. Mm. What's your opinion of face coverings? Look, I you know it's the, oh, each their own when they're out in the street. But I do think that if you're living in a country that has a legal system, you do need to adhere to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think there's a blanket statement for the entire time, either which way. Okay, so now something that's come out of this which is interesting is that um, <coughs> the uh, Jeremy Kirk SC, the defence, mm-hmm. has stated that they're, they're, they've been you know navigating very deep and uncharted waters um, because... Um, there is um, no positive right to religious freedom in Australia. It's assumed, and that's how we live, that's how we practice. Mm. We don't have it as a legal structure as they do in the United States, for instance. And, of course, in the United States where you've got um, you know freedom of religion, and for me, I'm passionately in favour of freedom of religion. So if... If, if we are going to have a tolerant society where freedom of religion exists, and this is a religious conviction, mm-hmm. shouldn't she be allowed to have her face covered? Well, you also have to have uh, a common sense conviction because you know, imagine even little things like what if she goes for a passport? Is she going to have a picture taken of just like, you know, a scarf? 
okay. sitting there. But then we we could say that, uh, and, and I'll throw this back at, at back at you. Mm-hmm. Um, a common sense thing would involve you know you have to work on on Saturdays on Sabbaths, and you're a Seventh Day Adventist, and your conviction is that you don't do that. Well, that's different because um, showing a license or showing a passport as identification. Is different to like working on the Sabbath is not anything to do with identification. The issue here is identifying the person. Like if she sure. was giving te- okay, testifying in court, you know, covered from head to toe, it could have been anyone under there. Couldn't she testify in front of a uh, panel of women? That I mean, do you know if they if they figure out the problem like that, then fine. But at the same time, if it's if it's people being called in for jury duty. Are you going to make start making special cases say, okay, only women can come in for this jury duty? Sure. Well, I'm going, to share my, I'm going to share my, my opinion. Mm-hmm. And this is, this, is, this is my opinion. And if you've got an opinion, give us a call, 1-800-324-843 or 0491-064-669. My opinion is that um, if a person wants to wear a face covering, that is their religious right. Mm, absolutely. And if that, is their, if that is their conviction, I will fight to, for them to have their freedom of religion mm-hmm. so that I can have my freedom of religion. Yep. I think freedom of religion is fundamental and it is the foundation of the government of God. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's my my opinion on and, and so I don't see why it would be so hard to work a uh, work around this situation and she's only disadvantaging herself by covering her face anyway. Yeah. The second thing is while I'm passionately in favor of religious liberty, I am passionately against face coverings. Okay? Because face coverings are an insult. Mhm. To both men and women. That's true. Um, of the worst possible kind. A face covering says that men are uncontrollable brute beasts mm-hmm. that if they see a face are going to commit some kind of sin. And it's a statement that no men have such a thing as self-control. Mm. And uh, I, I find that just insulting towards men. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find that it... Um, then when women, of course, show their face or, you know, more of their body, then, of course, they, are, they end up being the ones that are to blame. Mm-hmm. And so you have this blame thing. Oh, it's the woman who made you do this. That started in the Garden of Eden, and we need to get as far away from it as we possibly can. Give us a call if you have an opinion. A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. Our helper, he amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. For still our ancient foe doth seek to work us woe. His craft and power are great and armed with cruel hate. On earth is not his equal.
to Chris Rice, a mighty fortress is our God, and indeed he is here on Faith FM. We have a special guest joining us this morning on the phone, and uh, his name is Ron Rambo. Ron, welcome to the show. Uh, Good morning, Lyle. Now, I have to ask this question. Um, With a last name like Rambo, was your family an inspiration for the, uh, the famous TV series by any chance? (laughs) <laughs> you know, I looked into that to see if I had any uh, connection with that. <laughs> but yeah, there, we definitely got um, got attention because of it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you did when the uh, when that when that uh, what was it Sylvester Stallone, I think, who uh, was mm-hmm. in the, the Rambo series back in the day. And uh, yes, I'm sure it would have uh, <clears throat> highlighted your family. Now, Ron, um, you're from the United States and currently living in the state of Maryland. Is that right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's on the East Coast. On the East Coast, yes. And um, have have you always lived there? Where did you? Whereabouts did you grow up? Yeah, that's where I grew up. Right outside of, uh, right in Maryland, right out of Washington D.C. Right outside of it, it's a suburb of you know state right outside of Washington D.C. Ah, fantastic. So um, this is a fairly small state. So you've never really moved that far from uh, from the your point of origin. No, sir. I I kind of hung out in the same same spot. <laughs> Fantastic, uh, Ron. Did you grow up in a Christian home? Uh, no, sir. Actually, I did have a Christian uh, up until I was about uh, early teens. We didn't. We we did not. We had uh, knowledge of God, but not in a Christian home at that time. Um, 
when I was uh, in my early teens, we did start going to a church close to the house. Um, and uh, for a couple of years, I was in, involved in a church in my early teens. But. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What, what sort of, uh, what was it that precipitated or, or, or got you guys started um, heading to church as a young person? Yeah, well, actually, it was a really a neat um, situation where uh, these guys would come from the church and they had this big blue bus and would come through the neighborhood and invite all the young kids to go to church or to different activities at the church that was pretty close to where we live. And um, through that, a lot of the young guys would go, you know, and girls would go to this church to the activities. They had a lot of different things for youth. And um, so it was very encouraging. And um, then uh, actually at that point, that was kind of got my mom involved in in a church and she's been a Christian ever since. Yeah, praise God. That sounds like a great kind of an outreach right there. And maybe Mm -hmm. if you're a Christian listening in this morning and you belong to a church, maybe this is something you can suggest to your local church. If you've got some good activities going for young people, get a little bit of a bus and head around and do some door knocking and invite young people along. I know that um, my wife, you know, she started to go into church as a, uh, as a child and a teenager and eventually convinced her parents to go. So you've started going on this, uh, on, on the, what was you call it, the big blue bus? Was that what it was called? Yeah, that's how I referred it to as a big blue bus. <laughs> yep. it was a, yeah. And that gets your, and that then gets your mum uh, involved in, in, in that church. Did you always, um, you know, okay, so as a young teenager, you're heading along to this church for a couple of years. Did you stay going to church um through throughout your life or uh no sir i i actually um uh in my teens uh, late later teens uh 16 17 i stopped pretty much got involved in in first sports then from there just kind of just worldly you know into the world kind of thing for for several years and what was it that brought you back well it's um you know there was several there was two occasions that that really stick out with me that that I seen God kind of knocking on the door for me, sure. and um, one of them nearly killed me, and okay. the second one changed my life. All right, well, yeah. we definitely need to hear about the, the, those two stories. The first one that nearly killed you—that one's—I I think we're going to need to hear that one first. Yes, sir. Yeah, the um, when I was nineteen years old. I uh, was working on a, a job. Uh, I was a carpenter apprentice for right. a company, and we were doing concrete uh, form work, pouring in a subway station. Mm-hmm. And as we were pouring uh, so you're working, concrete one afternoon. You're, you're working underground? Yes, sir. We were underground in, in a subway uh, station, you know, about 150 feet underground. Right. And in a tunnel, mm-hmm. and we were pouring... Uh, we were pouring some pretty massive walls, you know, uh, retaining walls. Sure. And, uh, yeah, and, um, as I was pouring, the, as we were pouring the walls, actually, um, what made me see God's intervention was, uh, later on I seen it, uh, at the time I didn't, of course, the, um, one of the carpenters had asked me if I had seen a foreign blow, of, and I said, small ones I've seen, you know, which means that the concrete would either be poured too fast or, Maybe the t- tie backs didn't hold into the concrete. It would. It okay, would so just actually give us give us, a, give us a little bit of a picture of what's happening here. You've got, um, say, a bare rock wall. Would that be the case where it's been blasted out um, to form this tunnel that you're starting with? Yes, sir. And then what you tie into that rock, and then um, and then brace your formwork off of that uh, off of where it's tied into the rock. Is that how it goes? 
Yes, sir. We do uh, form forms. We we take and put forms on and different, you know, um, pieces of lumber to hold the form in place. And okay, so that'd be like yeah, some some, some yeah. sheets of thick plywood that hold the concrete in place until the concrete goes hard. Is that what we're talking about right here? Yes, yes, sir. Okay, so we've got we've got a wall. So I'm just I'm just picturing in my mind a wall of rock. Um, then outside of that. A, a layer of, um, of thick, heavy plywood, um, and in between that, you've got reinforcing and you're pouring concrete in there, so the, the concrete is, be- is coming from the ground up and it's getting higher and higher and higher up to the full height of the, of the uh, subway wall. Is that, uh, that would be an accurate picture? Yes, sir. Okay. That is, that's yep. perfect. All right, mm. and so when that blows, um, that would be something where that formwork would then collapse and concrete would go everywhere. Is that, uh, is that what he's talking about when he talks about it blowing? Yes, sir. That's correct. Okay. All right. Good. We've got a great. We've got a great picture in our minds now of uh, of what it is that's happening. All right. So continue with your story. You, you mentioned that um, you'd seen small ones happen. What 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 happens when a small one sort of blows? Is that just like a bit of a leak? Yeah, just a leak, and you got to reinforce it quickly. And you know, um, but I, but at that point, I haven't I hadn't seen one actually lose the f- complete pour. I'd heard about it, but never did it. But. Yeah, and one of the carpenters had mentioned to me, it was at lunchtime the same day, that if you hear, if you ever hear a, if you're working on one of those forms and you hear like a bang, like a shotgun going off, or is what his description was, then don't look up, just run mm-hmm. and get out of the way. And um, that was at probably 1230 in the afternoon. And at three o'clock that same afternoon, uh, we had a little bit of problem when one of the forms were leaking out. So I was addressing the leak, and about the time we completed uh, what we had thought we had maintained the leak, uh, when I turned around to walk away, I heard a bang, similar to a shotgun. Mm -hmm. And instead of looking up, which I just remember diving away from the form, and at that point, the whole wall collapsed on top of me. How high was this wall? The wall was, we were pouring on a second pour, which was on top. So it was actually uh, about eight feet in the air and then went up another 10 feet. So it was above me, yep. you know, a full yep. you know, 20 feet. And um, yeah, when that came, it came down on top of me. And, um, and it, it, you know, I was completely buried in the concrete. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the carpenters had seen me go under. I was actually the only one out of the crew that, got caught with it um the other guys were on top of the wall kind of wrote it down but i was underneath of it yep so when they when one of the guys had seen me he actually pulled my head out of the concrete and cleared my airway oh my and yeah so from there they dug me out and because you couldn't pull because of the suction of the concrete i had you know had a couple of dislocated shoulders my shoulders were dislocated and my back was you know uh the compressed fractured. Sure. But, sure. Uh, so what yeah, actually so. hit you first? Was it was it the formwork that hit you first, or did the concrete hit you first, or was it a combination of of, of both? Uh, the the formwork definitely hit me first and knocked me to the ground. And I remember grabbing my legs for some reason. I just grabbed my legs, which I wasn't sure why, but I remember grabbing it, and which was a big help because when they were digging me out, they didn't, you know, I had everything was in my arm and legs and all were together. Yep. 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 So. But I mean, I just seen God's hand in that as yep. I look back on it. Yep. Um, 
because there was no way I should have priced it. I was completely buried in the concrete. Well, you're the first person that I've ever spoken to that uh, was buried alive in concrete, and uh, um, and the great thing is that you survived that event. Praise God. What was the second thing that um, that impacted you as a young person? Well, I had uh, uh, between that time and and uh, a few years later, I was married. I married actually at that time. I was kind of living pretty worldly, and I. I just knew that I needed something better. I was um, working as a carpenter during the day. Still, I went back to work as a carpenter after you know about a year of rehabilitation. And then I, uh, at that time, I started bouncing at a club at night, and you know, kind of was working during the day. And then I, uh, the, um, and then I kind of was just getting too involved with nightlife, you know, hanging out, and I just knew that I needed to do something different and. I felt, you know, uh, I met a girl who was actually a Seventh Day Adventist, uh, which you would say heavy savvy. <laughs> That's a cool term. Yeah, and so and uh, so it was a little bit different for me the the you know understanding the Sabbath and the things that that I hadn't heard of before. But um, you know, so it took me a little time to to get into it. But I remember I wasn't attending church regular yet. I had we had had two children by then. And uh, had 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 one from a previous marriage, one daughter, and uh, my two children. Two of my children were there, and they were having an evangelistic series. Well, as I look back, God had put so many people into my lives over that la- that year before that series. Um, I was working with a guy that was a Seventh Day Adventist, and he was just a great mentor, you know, guy, that example for me. Sure. And um, then one of my buddies, I actually went to grade school with, was living near. And he was going to the church. Uh, he had become Seventh-day Adventist. And so I was hanging out with his family, helping him with some work on his house. But I seen how God put it in play. And then one evening, they were inviting me to this series. And I always had an excuse that I had to work. Mm-hmm. And But I knew that I'd, I knew I was missing out on it. And so my daughter and my son kind of looked at me and said, Hey, Dad, uh, everybody else's dad's going to church, but but you're not. And and uh i by looking into their eyes i was like there was no way i could deny that mm. so i said all right i'm coming i'm coming with you but, but i'll come tonight you know because it was it was a long program mm-hmm. and uh sure enough i went to the program and i sat way in the back by myself because they had the kids program and uh but as the, the meetings went on there was 20 meetings as the meetings went on I came closer and closer to the front mm-hmm. and uh, it just engulfed me the, the, the word of God and the, the uh, I guess the, the fact I didn't know these things, but mm-hmm. yet it was so right in front of you. So, and then from then on, I just, uh, you know, they got me in the tank is what I tell them. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And I just uh, have been, you know, uh, serving God. Uh, thank you. Thanks for his, you know, persistence with me, you know, sense. Yeah, that's fantastic. We've just got two minutes left, but uh, in that two minutes, what are you doing now? Why, why are you here in Australia? Tell us about that. Well, it's a really, it's a really awesome experience, a great opportunity that I had. Um, when I was, I've been a, an elder in the church for, for since a couple of years after I was baptized. I, I, um, and so, and uh, I had the opportunity to go with amazing facts a few times i went to a training seminar and then actually did a couple lay evangelistic meetings in uh, india and romania so i had some um really great experiences with that 
Um, and then I did local evangelism for a few years. And, uh, so, but we had, um, kind of, kind of got caught up working in the church and not doing as much outside the church for, for several years, you know, kind of, mm-hmm. sure. um, and you know, we, uh, my son who was, um, again, my son who he had gotten married at this point and went to, uh, and, and bought me this tape and it was about, it was with David Astry and it was, uh, you know, just about the love of God and, the you know, um, you know, and so we, we just were, we, we were engulfed by it because this is what we had been feeling for some time that our church was needing this, the love of sure, God back in the sure. church. And so we, um, we went to one of his, uh, two week, uh, seminars in the States. It was a, uh, a rise program. Sure, I'm gonna I'm gonna have yeah. to actually um, jump in right now because we're about to run yeah. out of time. But you're here in a rise uh, doing the rise course in Australia as as uh, I think the most senior in your class. Is that right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Fantastic. So it's great to uh, great to have you as a part of the the uh, the, the uh, Arise program here in Australia. And of course, if um, you're interested in going to uh, uh, Bible school, give us a call one eight hundred three two four eight four three. But we are going to have to move on, and we'll maybe hear more of Ron's story another day. But we're going to listen to Anna Beden at this time with genuine love.
isn't enough for you, nothing's going to be enough for you. Because it's meant to be real. And real life stories have baggage. We know that Peter's a loose cannon. It's all about context. And he chose different personalities to express that because his personality is infinite. If it's a love song written to us, when we're at our lowest points, we've got backup. Like a lot of the rational arguments for the existence of God, they tend to work better after you believe. Hi, this is Luke from oztabletalk.com.au. Please join myself and some of my closest friends as we explore our faith through conversation, Bible study, interviews, and more. You can find us online at oztabletalk.com.au. That's oz as in Australia, A-U-S, tabletalk.com.au. Looking forward to seeing you there. Bye. I'm so glad that's recorded because I want to write that down. Yeah. <laughs> Someone called it a care package there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> to Faith FM, positively different radio.